0: Welcome to This Justin, the show bringing you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. And now, for the fastest voice in healthcare, here's your host, Justin Barnes.
1: Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Justin Radio. I'm your host, Justin Barnes, and we're broadcasting live from the Health 23 conference in Las Vegas. Very excited for this next two days of broadcasting from the most exciting digital health and health IT conference in America. My lineup of guests is unparalleled, so stay tuned to hear the fastest voice in healthcare speak to this amazing group of leaders and innovators. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Justin Barnes, host of This Justin Radio Show. We're live from health in Las Vegas, Health 2023. Very excited for today. Um, It's a phenomenal concert here, basically, if you can hear Adele in the background, she is performing live, not here at the conference, but uh, you can hear her music in the background in case. Uh, But nonetheless, we have a very first guest, very excited for this show in this specific episode, Mark Dorner, co-founder and CEO of Precise MDX. Welcome back to the show, my friend.
2: Thank you, Justin. Thanks for having
1: me. You got it. Did you bring Adele with you? I did not. Okay. I'm hoping my uh, (laughs) guest, it's kind of great if my guest can hear that it's a a good little beat in the background, but... um, Great to have you here, my friend. So let's start off with what you're seeing. What digital health trends or strategies are you seeing out in the industry today?
2: So you have to remember that Precise MDX were very focused on the lab part of the uh, of healthcare. Yep. And one thing we're seeing, and it's probably not only isolated to labs, is the you know the post COVID destabilization from a financial and, and care standpoint. Um, you know during COVID it was raining COVID money yes, it was. and it was all COVID Yes. Uh, now a lot of the laboratories are back to business as usual. And, you know, that entails, uh, you know, billing insurance and, and, you know, having to uh, fight to get paid sometimes and dealing with different types of testing and patients. That was one of the big ones. Um, you know, one of the upsides of the, the, you know, coming out of COVID is the consumer awareness of, of health and its costs and kind of a demand by both providers and patients for a more modern experience. So that's that's one thing that they they're more aware of their health and they're getting more involved. That's that's on the plus side. Yeah,
1: very much. Yeah. No, we've seen I mean, you bring up the financial aspects. We've seen how these labs are under significant financial you know, crunch right now. Some are in a crisis. Some of the labs have, uh, you know, they've shuttered their doors. Others have sold off. Uh, certainly this health system, significant financial crunch. So um, the fact that you're focused there and I've seen, you know, firsthand what, you know, COVID did. Obviously, we understand Um, you know, why in some capacity, but the significant disruption that it brought to healthcare in general, we're just starting to see a lot of those effects today. So I certainly um, agree with you. What are two to three best practices or strategies that you can share to help others navigate those trends? So now that business is
2: back to usual, a big focus on revenue cycle and automation is key. So Mm -hmm. so labs, you know, whether they, they grew rapidly to help the communities during the pandemic, or, you know, the, kind of threw a wrench into their operations, now they have to get back to normal. Um, you know, a, a key thing is focus on the bottom line. You know, you want to make sure you're, you're, you're not only break even, but profitable. Um, a lot of the work and a lot of the problems people solve by throwing people at it, right? So the, the labs come and say, oh, I have this problem with data curation. I have a problem with my digital engagement. I'll just hire more people. I'll become less profitable. I'll run out of business. So, you know, run your business as a business. Focus on revenue cycle. Focus on automating where you can. Um, avoid point solutions where you're giving yourself more work and really mm-hmm. look for kind of enterprise platforms that let you do things end to end and give you the ability to enact these strategies, right? A lot of labs come up with strategies saying, oh, if only I had a way to do this. If only I had a way to like connect with patients digitally and not have people pick up the phone and call them. Um, so you really want to look for ways to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think you bring up a very important point there um, having these strategies integrated into the current either financial model or care model—that's something that you know. I know we've talked about numerous times in the past. I also have a think tank that we spend a lot of time looking at best practices and strategies across healthcare. And, and a resounding theme that comes out all the time is: no matter what you have, and again, you brought this up about point solutions. Whatever you have for a product or an invention or an Aha moment or whatever it is, make sure that you integrate it into that. Model of care, or again, financial model, because if you don't, it's going to disrupt and you're going to disrupt much more than a facility can handle, a practice can handle, a health system can handle. Uh, you've got to be able to integrate that into, and that's the hard part is how do you find that care model? How do you integrate into the care model? How do you support the current care model? You're going to evolve it and make it better, but in same or, or the financial model, but you got to integrate in. You can't just create a whole new um, process because you'll break much more than you actually fix. And so, I think a very important point. Uh, But then also, you know, when you look at the financial health, obviously care is critically important. We've been, you know, you and I have been in healthcare now for over 25, 30 years, and we understand how important care strategies are and care models are. But also now, you spend a lot of time, I know you do personally, on the financial health of these labs, of these health systems, of these hospitals, independent labs, you know, large labs uh, of all sizes. And I think it's really important. So take a moment, we get some time here how do you get in there and really look at not only the financial health of the lab, but how do you benefit it? So you, I know, you, you know, I, we met up earlier um, and I heard you speaking to one of your customers. You talked about how you can put in different flows so you can, you know, bad information is put in, you can go back and correct that with a patient. Talk about that for a moment just cause I think this is actually a new strategy. And again, what I like about what you do, uh, and I, we've talked about this for years, is again going back to not creating a whole siloed product or process, you integrate into the current revenue cycle strategy, the current revenue cycle team, whatever that workflow is, you work part of that process, which is critically important. So I know RCM companies love you because you're not trying to disrupt them, you're not swapping them out, you're working with the current workflow. So talk about that a little bit. It's unique.
2: Yeah. And I will say, touching on what you said about aligning the financial care and engagement model, mm-hmm. it's very difficult. You have organizations where people are focused and responsible and accountable for different parts of it. So you have the clinical side where they're, you know, on the quality of the testing and everything, you have the financial side where they're focused on making sure the business makes money and yes. runs as a business. Yeah. And then you have the engagement side, you know, kind of focused more also on, on the quality and the experience of the customers and, and combining all of those in a way to support the strategies and align it is challenging. Um, I think you were hearing us talking to one of our customers, a large health system where you know the it side said oh everything's working yeah. i i connected point a to point b my job is done the lab side was like the data i'm getting from that connection is garbage um so they're both correct right the, the technical side did their job they connected point a to point b the lab side's correct that what's coming through the pipe is not good and they can't provide the care they want and the financial side is like i can't bill for this or get paid for my work again because and it, and it really you know like most things in in healthcare comes down to data and being able to kind of integrate the end-to-end workflow and understanding the information coming in, curating it in an automated way, so you don't have to have people calling people, but you know, in a, in a I would say a modern experience way, right? Um, when you're in a lab and a physician sends you an order, and the information's wrong, mm-hmm. and they're not they're not doing it on purpose, right? It's their system might not have it, something's off. When you call them to ask for something, they're not sitting by the phone waiting for your phone call. They're working. They're caring for their patients, and when they're ready and they have time, you're busy. So all these models of calling people and chasing them is is frustrating. Okay. Yeah. So you know, having modern ways of asynchronously connecting, sending out messages, letting them respond. um, You know, modern interfaces so they don't have to run around. Try to get rid of fax machines. uh, Still, you know, Mm healthcare is a lot of paper still going on. So so, I heard a
1: stat: is it eighty percent of labs are still on paper? That's insane. I don't know
2: if it's eighty percent, but some labs are eighty percent. Yeah, for
1: sure. Some are ninety. Yeah, yeah.
2: and mm-hmm. uh, and that also goes to the the, the patient care side because when you have people data entering, mistakes are made, and then you know there's a can't remember the exact statistic. I think it used to be eight um, uh, percent national average of uh, uh, mistakes in labs, mm-hmm. and so and a lot of it's you know data entry. It's not necessarily a clinical like reagent processing your test mistake. It could be things around it. Um, But going back to it, aligning the financial, clinical, and engagement is is key. And a lot of labs know what they're doing. They have strategies, they just don't have ways to implement them. They don't have technology to say, I want to do things this way. I want to automate it. I don't want to bother my physicians. I want to provide them better experience. I want to let patients know where their test is and track it and be part of their health journey, um, but I don't have how to do it. And and that's kind of what we do at Precise MBX. we're helping labs enable those strategies in an enterprise way.
1: No, it's impressive, my friend. So thinking beyond today, and this is kind of one of my favorite segments that my uh, audience always loves, what do you see as a key strategy or trend that we must be ready to successfully navigate in three years from now? But not, you know, skating where Wayne Gretzky always used to say, I don't skate to where the puck is, I skate to where the puck's going to be. So.
2: Yeah, well, in the lab space, there's a lot of consolidation going on. A lot of it's because they're not able to, to run the business post-COVID. So a lot of labs are selling and then a lot of labs are capitalizing on and saying, I made all this COVID money, I'm going to buy up and and Mm -hmm. get bigger. So that's going to be a continued trend, specifically in laboratories. I'm going to say in general in the market, consumers are more involved in their care, um, in their care and in the cost of their care, the increase in patient responsibility with different health plans and shared risk and and all the models. So patients are going to be paying more and more out of pocket for their health care. And they're going to want to know more, how much do things cost me? Do yes, I need the it? the value. And also, you know, maybe I want to initiate it. I right. don't need my provider to tell me I need this test. I'm curious about my health, and I saw something online or part of my wellness program. Yeah. So more patient involvement, consumer involvement. Because um, I am technical. I will say on the tech side, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, it's great buzzwords out there. I'm a very practical person. Right. I, there are ways to use AI in a practical sense to save time, automate, um, you know, get benefit and a lot of value out of it. And I, th- I think that's going to be a continuing trend. And, and in the next coming years, we're going to see you know, a lot of the, the AI, AI, AI hype consolidate into very practical value uh, bringing ways of, of using it in healthcare because of the complexity of healthcare and the repetitiveness of a lot of the activities, whether it's financial or clinical. There's so- a lot of opportunity.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. So specifically in your space, in the lab space, because obviously you're one of the biggest you know, lab leaders out there, mm-hmm. how is generative AI going to be used in your – so how are you using it today, and then how are you, How do you see it evolving?
2: So a lot of it has to do around, I would say, data curation as well as automation of processes. So today when we go and interact with labs, whether they're on paper or they're, they're not or they're semi-digital, we see them doing a lot of things manually again and again. Um, communicating with physicians, reviewing information coming in. A specific example, a lot of times you'll perform a test and, you know, in order to get it authorized or after the fact to provide medical documentation, you need the patient's chart to show things happened before the test to make it necessary. Someone has to send that chart, someone has to review that chart, pull out the right information. It's it's a very manual process. AI is at the point where it can actually go and, and query that information and say, you know, was conservative care taken before the test was ordered? What else did they attempt? What medications are they on? Mm -hmm. Um, And really kind of put together the medical necessity behind the test that was there in the chart, but you have to have a human dig through it. Um, And then going over to the rev cycle side, you know, coding, missing information, you know, optimizing interactions between people and digital engagement. AI is very effective at all of that.
1: Love it. Terrific, my friend. Mark Dorner, co-founder and CEO of Precise MDX. Thank you very much for joining us today and, and speaking to my audience. Uh, you're always a great friend of the show. I hope you have a fantastic rest of conference, my friend.
2: Thank you, Justin. Thanks for
1: having me. You got it. Terrific. Thank you very much. Very excited about my next guest, Dan DeRozio, CEO of Sage Growth Partners. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. How exciting is this for you?
0: It's wonderful to be here. Yeah.
1: Not only on the on air and here in Las Vegas, but also a, uh, a great conference. So before we dive in, you're a longtime personal friend, but also a great friend of the show, a great leader in the industry. So I guess, again, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about what you see here, some of the excitement for the health conference and
0: why you're here, why you attend. I'm trying to put my pulse on it this year. Okay. Right. So we're three years removed from COVID. Health systems are finally starting to regain a little momentum financially yes and the thing that concerns me the most is the brokenness of our providers the difficulty they've been through and for years the challenges that they've been dealing with have continued to escalate and then COVID came I don't believe we've rebased at all to take the true pulse of the people that deliver care and then I look around here and I say, where are they? Mm-hmm. Where are the providers? I think we have to go to them. Right. Right. And so that's, what, that's what's on my mind in a heavy way. When you think about workflow and digital health, how is it going to serve them? I was at a conference recently and someone said the work of care is getting in the way of care. Mm. And I don't think that's just about technology. I think that's all of the administrative burdens, Absolutely. the financial burdens, the operational burdens. Yeah. And no longer can physicians and nurses, MAs, do what they love and what, they were, what yeah. they're here to do is to serve and to help yeah, their us. Their passion, right? Their passion. Yeah. So I think we have an obligation at a conference like this to rebase our thinking, mm-hmm. to go from the bottom up and continue to listen to them. And that's where my head is.
1: Yeah, you're spot on. First of all, one of my most recent guests was Rich Scarfo, president of health. And he put on this conference. He's done a great job. And he actually leaned in in that one space today when I asked him that question. I said, so, you know, what is one of your one of your new focuses or what you're most excited about? He's like, we're bringing nurses. So he's like, we have a whole nurse section. They have D- patients. Exactly. Patients I here. I yes. never
0: seen. I was so happy to see that. Yeah. Because I look at all these companies who are intending to do good. Yes. But they need to talk to patients. Yeah. It's not that easy to just go talk to patients. Right. A
1: lot gets in the way of that. Yes. A lot gets yeah. in the
0: way of that. So I was amazed yes. at that. I was so happy to see the patients here. I want more
1: of that. Yes. And he's a whole section dedicated just to patients and also just to nurses. And that's going to be one of his biggest focuses moving forward are nurses.
0: Nurses are the yeah.
1: backbone. I mean, yeah, my, <laughs> yeah.
0: my wife's a trauma nurse that are yeah. at heart. And doctors are incredibly important nurses have to carry out and hold and communicate the bulk of that care. And I think we're in a workforce crisis and I don't think it's just because we don't have enough nurses to get trained and we don't have enough nursing students. Like Mm -hmm. we know those structural problems exist. We have to get back to the humanity of healthcare. And that's what this show needs to do is to push us to understand how technology can support the humanity and bring it back not separate us from it if we think about the emr mm-hmm. we know what that's done right yeah right yeah it's yeah. well-intentioned right but it's separated us yeah.
1: nope great point uh, and thank you for bringing that all up so kind of diving in um to some of the cool stuff that you've seen and, and what you see out there across the industry not just here but what are some of the trends that you're closely following and that you're seeing in the industry today
0: Back to basics. Mm. I think what we saw in the last three years, especially from a solutions perspective, was a focus on valuation and not value. And there's a tremendous difference. And I think at the core, people are now asking themselves, how do I know I can solve this problem? And how does it rank high enough on someone's priority list to say, I am interested in looking at that? So RCM revenue cycle? Been around forever, mm-hmm. hard as ever. Yes. Hasn't advanced that much. It's still dirty, hard business. And it's more important, important than ever. ever before. That's right. So yeah. we're seeing people continue to focus on that. I think the new word this year in the last year is AI. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of hope for AI. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of hope for the hype of AI. I want to I want us to avoid that. Right. AI is going to make things significantly better where and how let's be thoughtful about that right and so if we don't use ai if we don't take away the chores that have burdened our right. providers yeah. with solutions like ai or virtual nursing then we've missed, missed and so i'm yeah. so happy those things are starting to show results
1: they are and then in this going to be coming out here is actually just showing it before we came on here but um, one of the leading VC firms, they just did a, a big poll, and again, I don't want to steal their thunder. However, one of the biggest, the biggest gap right now is in stress on provider or, or, or in healthcare. Our provider burnout, and I know we've heard that, but even today, we're talking about what October twenty three. We've been hearing this now, but the build up, the build up, COVID made it a lot worse. But yeah, the number one issue in healthcare is burnout.
0: Yeah. Why are doctors spending fifty percent of the visit typing? Yeah. I mean, that's that's ultimately what's happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know why we need to digitize healthcare, but is that the only way that we can get it? So there's a little quip I heard recently. I see my doctor's back. I got my doctor back, mm-hmm. right? right? We need to turn the chair. How are we going to let that provider turn the chair and look at us again Right. and not bury their head in the computer? That's where technology can be a tremendous Absolutely. help. And Justin, there's a limit to technology. Let's be honest about the limitations of technology. And then let's put people in place to make the technology go as far as it can. And I I think that's been an uncomfortable conversation, especially from a valuation perspective. But again, let's talk value, not valuation. Right. And I think if we're honest about what can do what and how far it goes... Mm it'll be received better.
1: Well, and value always bring you valuation. If you're truly focusing on value, you get the highest valuation. That's absolutely That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So kind of moving on for um, what else you're seeing for, for best practices. So what are two to three best practices or strategies that you can share to help my audience or anybody you know, in the industry that cares, and navigate some of this trends that you're seeing?
0: So I think about this in the guise of um, telemedicine. Mm-hmm. My new thinking is let's be careful not to get lazy. I think when we look at the data, we see 10 to 20% of people are now using telemedicine. But that's a very small part of the story. I think telemedicine is not only the digital front door. I want us to get away from that term. I'm seeing it being used in the ED for triage. Don't come to the ED, go to the urgent care. They're using it for discharge. One of the hardest things to do is get out of a hospital. So they have nurses sitting somewhere in the hospital, helping the nurses do the discharge work so the patients can get hands on from the other nurses. Mm -hmm. We're seeing specialty telehealth, right? So we just did a survey and what you see on the specialist side of the house is 11 to 12% of it is used for initial visit. They're using it for follow-up visits. We're using it for chronic care. So I think if we just look at the headline, telehealth has peaked, we're kidding ourselves. I think it's an operational tool. I think it's a capacity growth tool. I think it's a workflow tool. The last thing it is is a piece of technology. So I think it's sitting right in front of us if we change our mindset about how to use it for workflows, Mm -hmm. not just say it's for telehealth.
1: Right. Nope.
0: Excellent. So thinking about
1: today, and, and, and think, I mean, think beyond today, it's actually one of my favorite segments that my audience likes. Um, where do you see us being ready to navigate or that we must navigate in three years from now? So like, with respect to the great Wayne Gretzky, he would skate to where the puck is going to be, not what the puck is. So where should we be thinking about down the road two to three years from now in healthcare?
0: Everything's access. Everything is access. We have a massive. We have, um, I think, 68 million people with chronic conditions and four million nurses. Hmm. What are we going to do about that? Right. Right. How do we take the workforce that we have and extend it with technology? We see our our most healthcare systems saying they're not that afraid of retail out of market entrance, and I understand why they failed dramatically. But then you ask them why, and they say patient loyalty. of patients are frustrated and think healthcare has failed them. I don't think we need to be consumers. I'm happy with consumer-ish. Right, right, right. This is not a traditional market. Let's not think we have to solve the world's problems. Let's hit singles. Mm -hmm. Let's move our mindset. Left without being seen should be called left without being served. We're not serving the people who walk out of our emergency department. I think the language has to change. We have to focus on singles, not grand slams. We have to integrate technology as a workflow solution. And we, I, I get the chills in South Carolina when I drive outside of Charleston and see the rural market. And I said, if I were to live here, where would I go for care? Telemedicine can play that role. Absolutely. So I just think about the people who are so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's 100 million people in the U.S. that feel that way, right. that don't have that access.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm living and I've actually moved to a newer community in Florida. And as I meet new people who aren't part of my kind, of my common circle that I've always had, always had in Atlanta in a big geographic and metropolitan city with lots of opportunity and access, I'm now in a smaller part of Florida. You would think that it had great access because there's a lot of wealth in this area. However, it's not, it's extremely siloed. And I was shocked how difficult it was, even for myself to navigate care down there. Even, I mean, I have a great healthcare coverage and plan and getting access finding, how do you find a good doctor and how, how do you, good, you know? Yes. That's very difficult. And I actually know kind of what I'm doing. Right. And i and that's still hard for me to find. And then I have a lot of friends who come to me now asking those same types of questions. It's access is very difficult. Even when you're well served, Never mind if you're underserved in some community with hundred million that don't
0: have access to high quality care, high quality coverage and insurance and so forth. My ultimate desire is patient literacy. Yeah. I, I think we're largely illiterate as patients. We are. Oh, my gosh. I can't understand what my wife's a nurse. She translates everything for me. Even the medicines you get. The doctors mm-hmm. speak to you with the name of the medicine. They don't say it does this and you should take it because it's going to help do that. Right. I mean, I, I sort of know where my heart is. Right. I, I you know I know <laughs> where my legs are. Right. For the most part. Most part. Yeah. But it's, it's overwhelming. <laughs> right. Right. And the data continues to show that we don't have health literacy. How can we expect us to be partners in care of Eighty five percent of people forget what the doctor tells them in the parking lot, let alone they didn't even understand it when the doctor said it. Correct. Very. True. So I, I, we have to make more space for that doctor. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. So in our in our final few seconds, what do you uh, hope to get for the next you know day or so that you're here? What do you want to get out of the show for the next
0: day or so? I need to go to more sessions to learn. Mm-hmm. I think there are such always great, a student. Yeah. yeah. as As someone said about reading books, there's clues in there. Every book has clues. Amen. Every presentation has clues, and it's it's connecting the clues. So they've done a tremendous job of of bringing folks here who are solving real problems. So I'm going clue hunting. Yeah, I love it,
1: Dan. Fantastic clue hunting. Yeah, this conference has it. I'm, I'm extremely impressed. I told Rich earlier this is the best conference I've ever walked into. The most efficient. I, I got my badge very quickly. They actually gave me a fresh, great these uh, great juices when I walked through the door yesterday. And I actually needed it because I had a long kind of long day, but running around fast. I had all these great vitamin juices, and it felt like a million bucks. I think
0: the food's awesome. Food's phenomenal here. Isn't it's it? healthy. It's within reach. Exactly. It's and all free. It. It's yeah. all free. Yeah.
1: I love yeah. it. Very impressed. So, well, Dan, thank you so much again. Always joining us on here. You're always a phenomenal guest. Extremely insightful. And go find your clues.
0: I'm looking for clues. Thank you for you having it. me so much. You got much. it. Thank Take you. Care. Take
1: care. And that's a wrap. What a great series of shows and guests. Uh, always grateful for them joining us on air and uh, thank you to all of you for joining us uh what a great lineup but uh, what a great uh, show we've had here in las vegas but look forward to us coming to you live from vive in los angeles in uh, february so look forward to that and see everyone then take care